this morning we begin a brand new message series titled, Are You Fishing? And I'm really excited to share this with you. We're going to be talking about this for the next few weeks. Um, and I know all the fishing people just got excited. Um, but uh, let's take a moment to pray and, and uh, we're going to jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just begin to move all across this room. And you would speak and you would confirm and you would convict and you would heal and you would encourage and you would reveal yourself to us. I thank you for what you desire to accomplish through your word this morning and I pray all of that would take place. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. May you receive the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. To get started and to kind of help us introduce the topic here this morning, uh, have, have you ever been fishing? Anybody here ever been fishing before? Any pros? Is there any pros in the house? You consider yourself like pretty good at it. I know there's got to be some pros. He's like halfway wants to put his arm up. Maybe he's close. He's close to being a pro. <laughs> uh, me, not so much. I would, I would like to get into it, but I've never really gotten into it. But I get the idea of it, right? You get a fishing pole. Uh, you, 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 you put some type of lure on it or a bait on it, and you cast it, and you throw it out, and then you, you reel the fish in. Right? That's, that's kind of the general idea. That's the basics, so I'm told, right? Um, but in biblical times, they did something a little bit different. They would, they would have a net, and they would, they, would, they would prepare their nets, and they would go out to fish, and they would go and they would throw out their nets and hope to catch, hope to catch uh, some fish, right? And so let me, let me see here. Let me throw this out. And we'll... Uh, again, I t you know, and then, and then you know, you, you throw it out, and then you kind of pull it. Did I get? I didn't get any. Just oh. <laughs> wrap up my. Okay, yeah, we got some fish. <laughs> but that's the idea. That was the idea, and that's how they worked it in biblical times. This was their fish. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh. oh. Yeah, and so um, that's how essentially it worked in biblical times. They would throw out their nets and they would catch. Did you know that Jesus recruited some fishermen? Now, he didn't only recruit fishermen. In fact, he included several people from different backgrounds. But one thing that he taught them all the same is he taught them how to, how to fish. He taught them how to fish. And this morning, we're going to take a look here at Matthew chapter 4. We're going to see here what takes place as the Bible records Jesus recruiting these first fishermen. And it says this here in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Now I can imagine this for the moment. Jesus rolls up. There they are in their boat and they're getting ready, preparing their, their nets and they're throwing it over and all of this. And then Jesus shows up and calls them. I can imagine just what's going on. Wait, did he just say that we were going to fish for people? Wait, we're going to follow him? Wait, 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 what are we doing? I could imagine this moment, but in verse 21, it goes to this. Going on from there, he now has Andrew and Peter with him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. 
they were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Again, can you imagine this moment? They just left their father with the nets, with the work that they had to get done for the day, just left him, and they took off and followed Jesus. Can you imagine? They're, they're thinking to themselves, wait, we just left our dad. Oh, dad's going to be upset at us later. Wait, where are we going? We're going to be fishing for men? And here's this, this moment being played out. We see two sets of brothers, four men, who Jesus is going to teach to fish, but not fish, but for people. Not fishermen, but fishers of men. Now, when it comes to this, I think that many have falsely viewed this as the pastor's responsibility. Wait, who would that be? Wait, wait, that's me, right? But the only thing is that in God's view and in God's word, God says that my responsibility is to prepare you for the work of the ministry. Not that I don't do this, but my job is to prepare you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. One day I'm going to be standing before the Lord and he's going to say, okay, son, Jack Gonzalez. Um, so let's talk about Mosaic Life Church and let's talk about how did you do in preparing them for the work of the ministry? How did you do in, in ministering to them and sharing the word and preparing them for all the things that I have? He's going to say those things to me. And in my response, what am I going, what am I going to say? I'm, you know, um, well, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, and, and so this is a conversation before me and him and things that will take place. You see, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, it says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. He gave these areas to do what? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. In other words, I play a role in help equipping you to do the works that God has called us to do so that the body of Christ is built up. That doesn't mean that I don't share my faith. It means that we all do. It means this is what God has for us. My job is to help prepare us for these things. He's, he's going to say, well, you, you know, son, how did, how did you do with that? I'm going to say, well, you know, I, I offered discipleship. You know, I offered training. I taught them your word. I gave them plenty of opportunity. Some ran with it, God, and some did great things. Others of them, you know, they, they kind of sat on their hands. Right, that's not us, right? That's not us. But, but, God, they all had equal opportunities. You know, some said they didn't have time. You know, one day I will. Others said, well, you know, I'm an introvert and I don't really do that, you know. But in 2023, we all have plenty of opportunity. And a major part of this is fishing fishers of men. In fact, his desire and command to you is that you would take this type of fishing seriously. In fact, personal and with love. You see, before Jesus ascends into heaven, he, he calls his disciples together and they're, they're there on the mountain and he says, you know what, I, 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 I want to share some things with you and I, and I want these things to be lasting in your life and it's not just for you, but this is for generations to come. This is known as the Great Commission, and he says this in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. It says this, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And we're going to come back to that verse because there's so much there in verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, he promises to be with his disciples to the end of the age. The thing is this, is that 
we're not at the end of the age yet. And we are the next generation of disciples. What is a disciple? See, if we call ourselves a Christian, what a Christian is, is a Christ follower. A Christ follower is a disciple of Christ. That's who we are. We are each disciples. And so when you look at this and we understand the context of this and we understand what God desires to do through each of us, look at it from the lens of a Christ follower, from a disciple of Christ. Would you just say it with me? I'm a disciple of Christ. One more time. I am a disciple of Christ. You see, this is our personal responsibility. So why does Jesus trust us with this great responsibility, with this great commission? Well, there's a couple of things I want to share with you this morning. The first one is this. He shares this with us because his work inside of us is a powerful story. It's a powerful story. The work tells the story. I don't know if you've been up to the giant redwoods. I remember my parents would take us just trips. We had a lot of our vacations were road trips, and we would take trips up to the giant redwoods. And a couple of years ago, I took my family, and you go and you see these giant, massive trees, and there's so much to say, and you see God's handiwork in there. But there's several trees where you can kind of drive through, and you can see, and, and it's like you're driving through this living tree. It's really amazing to see. And along the road, as you're driving, you'll go and, and you'll see little wood shops along the way. And you'll wonder, like, wow, who's crafted these amazing things? There's so much that you can learn about the artist when you see the work that they have produced. And in that same way, it's the work that God has done in you that is this powerful story for everyone to understand. You see, there's a moment in Scripture here in Luke where... Jesus is traveling across the lake, and he arrives into a new city, and he's met by this naked man, this naked man who is, who's been living among the tombs. He's demon-possessed. He's got several demons inside of him, and he's, he's, he's really outcasted by society. They've chained him up several times. He's broken the chains, and he's, he's, just, he's just, you know, in that's, that's where he's at, filled with these demonic spirits. You know, and, and, and the thing about all of this is, is so often when, when somebody is dealing with a stronghold, they are dealing with the spirit, they're so quick to say, well, let me just give you medication because let, let, let me just try to fix here and, and give you a medication or send you off to the, to the, the psych ward or something like that, and society will completely reject because they cannot see. They don't have spiritual eyes. They cannot see. They cannot hear what God is doing, what's taking place in the spiritual. So anyway, so this man is here, and Jesus is, is, runs right into them, and they're confronted to each other, and Jesus comes up to him, and he commands the demons to come out, and, and, and they come out, and the man is fleed, and there's more to the story, and go back and check out, go and check out the story, but the man is free. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 8 and verses 38 and 39, it says this, But the man from whom the demons had gone out was begging him that he might accompany him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your home and describe what great things God has done for you. Someone say, Great things God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city what great things Jesus had done for him. See, here's what I want us to understand. The healing work in, of God in your life is a powerful story. What God has done in you is powerful. What, how God has set you free, how he's transformed you, how he's taken your feet, pulled you out of the pit, and put you on solid ground. How he's renewed your mind, how he's given you another chance and another chance, and he's opened up your eyes and your ears, and you don't do what you used to do. How you are now walking on a whole new level with Jesus. 
See, in that we give him glory. What he's done in you is a powerful story. And God wants you to use it. And God wants you to tell the world. He wants you to tell your sphere of influence. He wants you to tell those who haven't heard yet. See, here's the thing. Disciples cannot be made unless someone hears. How can we see more disciples? How can we train the next generation? How can we pour into them? How can we teach them? How can we develop them? How can, how can we give them opportunity to, to serve God if they have not heard? If they have not had the opportunity to respond to God? Here's what I want you to know. God trusts his work in your life. You should trust God's work in your life. Amen, church? We're like a little bit. We need to like a little bit turn it. God trusts his work in your life. You should trust God's work in your life. Why would you not trust God's work in your life? Why would you look at what God has done in you and say, oh, I don't know. And listen to the lies of the enemy because he likes to try to make us feel insecure. He likes to try to make us doubt. He likes to try to make us think that, that healing hasn't taken place or we haven't been set free or we're, we're, we're not a child of God or we're, we're not made in his image. We're, we're not free. We're not walking the right. He, he likes to lie. He likes to whisper. He likes to try to hinder and hurt the good things that God has done. But why would we not trust what God trusts, what God believes in, what God has done? Have you ever heard the phrase, Measure twice, cut once. You know, I was just reminded about recently cutting some baseboards in my house. I am definitely not the carpenter. And please don't ever ask me to calculate square feet. <laughs> but I can imagine Jesus standing back and looking at you and saying, oh, oh look, look what I've done in your life. And he's like, ooh, perfection. And the, 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 the demons, that I mean, the chains that were broken out, how you don't do what you used to do. I mean, if you look at where you were and you look at where you're at, God says, I've done something in your life. From God's point of view, he doesn't look like, man, I only did half a job in their life. What was I thinking? God, God doesn't look at you and say, oh, I, I, I must have been having an off day. God doesn't, that, no, when God acts and works, he does the job. It's us who deal with, with stuff. But God says, look, no, it's done. It's finished. I've done it in your life. And then there's stuff that we get caught up in and God's got to do some more work. Hey, but God will do the work in our life. He does the work in our life. He stands back and he declares perfection. That saving grace in your life is perfection. Listen, I want to call up my brother, uh, Kendall, and uh, just to, to share a little testimony here with us. Some wonderful things. Thank you so much. Here you go. Hello, so. church. My name is Kendall Kelly. I'm a member of uh, Mosaic Church. Amen, amen. been here for about... Um, years now amen so god recently delivered you from demonic spirits right yes what's the difference from how you felt before to how you feel now before i felt trapped enslaved captured by the enemy just doing things of the enemy just all kind of crazy things pastor just all kind of just crazy things i couldn't understand what was going on in my life 
just, it was wild. My wife put my wife through it, my kids, you know, everybody wondering about me, my family concerned about me. It was just a lot of things going on. But uh, coming here, Pastor Yu, Pastor Rodrigo, Brother Jose, all the pastors, Sister Brenda, everybody was praying over me. And I, I, when I got here, I felt, I felt it. Because I wasn't going to come. I wasn't going to come at all because they, they were tormenting me, telling me, don't go, don't go to church. You're not, you're not worthy to be there. Trying to shame me. Trying to make me feel less than. You know, so once I got here, the spirit took control. And they started praying over me. And I felt them. They took me in the back room. And as they were praying over me, my body would just go into these convulsions. And I was speaking crazy things that I didn't understand. Yeah. But after that, after being delivered, I just felt the presence of God come over me. And uh, I put my hands up. And it, 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 would just, it just felt like I was at his footstool. And he was just, come on, son. Like pulling me up. Come on, son. Come on, son. I put my hands up. I remember putting my hands up and feeling it. Feeling the spirit just come over me. And it was, it was a beautiful feeling. Yeah. Beautiful feeling, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Yes. 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 Beautiful feeling. Yes. So, so what did you do once you were delivered and you were free? First thing I did, Pastor, was praise God. Amen. Hallelujah to his mighty name. Amen. I praised him. I praised him that I paid it forward by telling a friend of mine, Sister, Sister uh, Angie right here. I told her about it, and she, she wanted that deliverance. So I invited her to the church so she can experience the deliverance. And, and then what happened to her? She got delivered. Amen. She got delivered. We praise God for these areas because, listen, this is significant. Sometimes you think, like, you know, there's, there's several people that think, well, I don't know. I'm just having weird thoughts or I don't know. I just, I don't know why I can't overcome. There are, there are real demonic spirits. Yeah. You want to say, well, God exists. Well, God exists, but the devil doesn't. That's a mistake. Well, well if you say, well, well, the angels of God must exist, but the demonic spirits don't. That, that's a mistake. That's a, that, that's a mistake. You have to understand the principalities of darkness and the real spiritual things that are taking place. There's the physical, but now and then there's everything in the spiritual. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing. And so what I want us to all to understand is simply this. Your story has the power to impact lives. See, you're, you're, you're worried about what to say or, 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 or what's going to happen here or how they're going to respond. Just tell them what God has freed you. Just tell them that you're not who you used to be. Just tell them about God's work in your life. Tell them how God has transformed you or how he's pulled you out of that pit or how chains broke. Tell them about the hope that you walk with, the joy that you have, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Tell them that there's only one person who can do those kinds of things in your life. There's only one. Here's what I want you to understand. His work and your story is powerful. It's powerful. And sometimes we only think about the story. But I want you to see is that his work, his work, him coming in and saying, I see you. And in that he comes and he do and he sets free and he breaks and he, he sets on a new place. He, he'll do all these good things. And he continues to do so. His work. Identify his work in your life. And share the story. And in that there is power. 
So church, I ask you, are you ready to step into the next stage of your faith journey with God? Are you ready to, are you ready to move up a level? Are you ready to take that next place? Do you want to be used by God? See, we evaluate our lives and we look and we say, okay, well, well, God has blessed me in so much and I, and I want to serve God and I want to do something for him. Absolutely. Now, we don't serve God and think of some way as to repay him because there's no way that we can actually repay him. And please, let's not get into the, 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 the theology, the, the messed up theology that says, well, if I do these good things, then I'll be right before God because that's not how it works. It is by his mercy and his grace alone. But in that, we come to a place where we say, God, use me. I desire to be used. I desire that, that God would work his power in and through me. God, if there's anything that you can do with my life, use me. So are you at that place this morning? Do you want to build the kingdom of God? Do you desire that the kingdom of God would expand its territory? Do you desire to rob hell and build God's kingdom? Do you desire that God would work in and through you? Simply begin by preparing what God has done in your life. Prepare to share that. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. You see, the Bible urges the church, be prepared to share the reason for the hope that you have inside. There's a reason you have that hope. There's a reason you have that peace. There's a reason that you're not who you used to be anymore. Share that. Be prepared to share that. God trusts us with the Great Commission because he trusts his work in our lives. Share it. Share what God has done. The other reason Jesus trusts us with the Great Commission is that he extends his power to flow through our lives. See, when we share what God has done, these are not lifeless words. They're not dead words. You're not just saying stuff and it's just out there and it's, it's nothing. It's, it's meaningless. They're not flat words. They are words with power behind them. Have you ever heard, have you heard the phrase, plant a seed in someone's life? Right, seeds are life. That's what it is. You're, you're, planting, you're planting life into someone. How can you do that? Can you by your own self plant life? You cannot. You can't do that on your own. God, however, can do that through you. You're not planting dead seeds. When you share the work that God has done in your life, you are planting life. Where does life come from? Can we create? God is working his power through us. He tells the disciples in verses 18b and 19a, he says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, to Jesus. And then he says, go therefore. How can we go therefore and do and accomplish the things that he desires for us to accomplish? How? Because he has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Because of his power, then we can go therefore. Then we can open our mouth and power is released well, Pastor, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like I don't know what to say or I feel insecure. Or I don't know what they're going to say about me when I say it. Listen, your job is just to say it. Allow God to work in the seed. Allow God to, to raise it and to flourish it when it's time for it to come to be. Allow the power to be released through you. Spiritual seed, spiritual life. 
He has the power and authority. We don't speak by our power. We don't, we don't command demons to come out by our power. We don't command bodies to be healed by our power. We, we don't see people find hope and healing in Christ by our power. Here's what I want you to understand. It is the extended power of Christ that we partner with to accomplish God's will. God, God says here, I have the power. Holy Spirit is going to move through you. I have the authority. I have the power. I'm extending it to you. And through you, God will do great things. So I ask you, church, do you want to see the extended power of Christ move through your life? Is there, is there any stir in your life? Is there any stir in your heart, your mind, where you say, I want to be used by God? Do you want to see the power of God move through your life? Do you, do you want to partner with God and see real change in people around you? Do you want to see this? Because God trusts you with this, but it's time for you to tap into it. It's time for you to tap in what God already entrusts you with. It's already yours. Now it's time to begin to utilize it. Now it's time to begin to walk in it, to walk in the authority, to walk in the anointing, to walk in the things that God has for you. It's time to step into and not just look at it or say it's someone else's responsibility, but for yourself to tap into the things that God has for you. You need to realize that this is your call and you need to take it personally. You need to receive what God has for you. You see, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. How are we going to do anything for the Lord? Because of his mighty power at work within us. Because of what he has deposited in us, because of the work that he's done in us, because of the, 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 the authority that he has for us to do what he's called us to do. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it's Moises 3. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, it says this, we have everything we need to live a life that pleases God. Everything we need to live a life that pleases It was all given to us by God's own power when we learned that he had invited us to share in his wonderful goodness. So Holy Spirit and the authority of Christ deposited in you, not so that you can just live the good old life for yourself, but so that you can walk in the things that God has called you to walk in. God is waking up his church. It's time to, to, to wake up from the slumber and step into the things, tap into the things that God has called us to walk in. There is an authority that he's given us. And sometimes we talk about demonic spirits and we talk about this thing and the devil and, and such, and sometimes those things intimidate us a little bit. But it's time that it stops intimidating us when we realize and recognize who we are in Christ. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. There is power and authority given to you. Tap into it. Watch the demons flee. Watch the devil tremble. Watch, watch them because they cannot handle who is inside of you. But you got to tap into it. you got to walk into it. You got to be able to stand firm. You got to allow just the boldness of the Holy Spirit to come over you. 
And we do it in all humility, recognizing that the reason we are even here this morning, the reason why we are even hearing, we're listening, and we have understanding is because of the mercy and grace of God. It's Him that has allowed us to be in this position, to be aware of what's taking place. It's Him. He has seen you. He sees you. He knows your story and your journey. And His good work has already begun in your life, and He will bring it to completion. And for us, it's time, it's time to tap into the things that God has for us. Because there's more. There is much more. And God desires to use you, to work in you and through you for his honor and for his glory. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, right? Does not give us fear, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You say that with me, and you will be my witnesses. Oh, I know we could do better than that. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Sometimes we look at this passage and say, well, that was only for the early church. But what we don't understand is that in Matthew 28, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I'm going to work through your life to the end of the age. The thing is, we're not to the end of the age yet. We are the next generation of disciples. So now the Holy Spirit and the authority of Christ is given to this generation of disciples. If you are a Christ follower, then this is you. God wants to use some of you across the world. God wants to use others of you in your home, in your workplaces, in your schools, in your neighborhoods. You're going to open up your, your mouth and not lifeless. They won't be lifeless words. They won't be flat words. You might not think they're great words. You might not think they're fancy words. You might not think they're theological words or saving words, but they are words of life. By his power, by his authority, to plant life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. And this is for us to tap into. This is for us to begin to walk into. Not just a lot of talk, but to walk in the power and the authority that he has given us. To see chains broken in our own life, but to see chains broken in the people around us, everywhere. God can do that in you and through you. Are you ready? Do you want more? Do you want to walk in what God has for you? Are you ready to tap into that? See, he trusts us with this great responsibility. He trusts us with the great commission. He trusts you to be a fisher of men. And I can imagine those first disciples. This must have been a huge challenge for them as Jesus is asking them to get out of the boat and to, to, to leave their nets and just follow him. I could imagine Andrew, Peter, James, and John and, and what they must have been thinking and feeling maybe a little bit nervous, insecure, doubtful about God using them, and all of these things. But what he is asking you to do is this, to trust his work in your life and to trust his power in your life. That's what he's asking you. He's not asking you to be good enough. He's not asking you to, to have fancy words. He's asking you to trust his work in your life. Trust the authority he has in your life. Trust that. 
So here's my challenge for us this morning. Two parts. First, ask yourself, do I want to be used by God in greater ways? And I know God is stirring your hearts. And I know there's some things taking place because I know the Holy Spirit is here and I know he's speaking and I know he's ministering and I know there's some things that you're feeling. I know that. But ask yourself, do I want to be used by God in greater ways? Secondly, I believe this because I'm praying, I'm believing in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, God is going to give you opportunity. Prepare to share God's work in your life this week because he's going to give you opportunity. It's going to be right there. It's going to be in front of you. And you're going to, you're, you're going to have the opportunity to walk in that door and to, and to speak words of life. And do not doubt that they are lifeless. Do not doubt that they are words of power. Do not believe the lie that they are dead words because they're going to, they're going to come out and, and God will do the rest. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you, Holy Spirit, are here. I thank you for your word and the way that you set it out to accomplish all that you desire. I thank you, God, for conviction, and I thank you for encouragement. I thank you for hope and healing. I thank you for, 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 for it's like you, you read our mail, and you speak to us, and you encourage us, and you, and you set the moment for us, and it becomes so personal. And I pray over my brothers and sisters now. Would you encourage them? Would you help them, God, to trust your work in their life? Would you help them, God, to realize and to recognize the authority and power you have and how you are extending it to them to bring you glory? So, Father, I thank you. I come against the attacks of the enemy. I come against the lies of Satan and his demonic spirits. Father, there are soul winners in here. There are men and women of God who you're going to work and do great things through. I pray, God, your blessing over them in Jesus' mighty name. With nobody looking around, maybe you're here this morning to say, hey, the truth is I haven't really been living right with God. I'm not following his ways. I'm not walking in him. But if his mercy and grace can come over me and I really can be different and I really can be freed and I, and I really can start over, if, if that's it and he can forgive me for all the junk, all the stuff, all of it, if he can forgive me for all of that, then I want to be forgiven and I want to start over and I want to walk with God. If that's you, would you quickly just put up your hand and then down? Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see your hand three of us this morning. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Heavenly Father, we come before you recognizing that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins, for our iniquity, that you would step in in our place. And your word teaches us that when we put our hope and our faith and our trust in you, that we declare you as Lord and Savior that we are forgiven. And so this morning, God, we recognize the errors of our ways, all the sin, all the wrong things we've done, the words that have come out of our mouth, the things we've watched, the things we've done, the things we participated in, all those areas, God, we recognize them and we confess them today and, we, and we're choosing to walk away from them and to trust you, 
Jesus, can you heal us from those areas? I speak right now, chains broken in Jesus' name. People freed right now in Jesus' name from addictions, from demonic strongholds, from demonic oppressions, from demonic uh, uh, possession, from all these things. We speak life and we speak broken chains right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that there would be freedom in this house. I pray that people would walk anew in you, Jesus. And I thank you, God, for all that you're doing. We are choosing now to renounce every evil practice we have done, we have partaked in, we come against every generational curse, every curse, everything that we've we've, we've been involved with, everything that we've allowed to, to, to partake in, everything, God, we come against, we renounce, we have nothing to do with it. I want to walk in Jesus, Father, your people say. So I pray your healing in them. I pray your freedom in them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give just the Lord a round of applause.